My name's Brian, and today is Thursday, July 27th, 2023, and this is another episode of Lots to Talk About. It's going to be the last pre-recorded, well, I guess not the last pre-recorded, but we'll be back to normal schedule next week. We've had three weeks, uh, basically all of July of pre-recorded episodes, but we're going to be getting back from our trip here. Next week, we'll be doing a trip recap on Monday, possibly Monday and Thursday, and then back to live interviews the following week. So with that, let's get to tonight's episode. Uh, My guest tonight is a recovering hard driving leader with over 35 years of sales, marketing and educational and entrepreneurial experience. He has successfully battled the negative effects of stress head on and developed the Lighten stress management model. Here to talk about how people can better protect their health and handle challenging situations with grace and success, I would like to welcome two lots to talk about Professor Pete Alexander. How are we doing, Professor Pete? I'm fantastic, Brian. Thank you so much for having me on your great show, and I really appreciate your listeners' time as well. Oh, perfect. I'm glad you came on. I uh, I have had issues with stress uh, probably my whole life. Uh, I mean, I think all of us have to deal with it regardless, but uh, I don't think we are very well equipped uh, in the modern raising of children in the in the kind of the school system or any way uh, how to deal with that. I don't think it's a priority. And I don't know, maybe it benefits uh, benefits uh, the, the higher powers if we are stressed out little animals and uh, who knows, but stress and uh, you are the man to talk to from what I understand. So who is Professor Pete, give me a, a little bit of an introduction for my audience that doesn't know who you are. And then let's uh, get to know who Professor Pete used to be and uh, and kind of the story there. Sure, sure. So um, I, I guess first and foremost, uh, I'm the president of what I like to call the greatest interior landscaping company in the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, every uh, Office plants buy everything grows. Um, I'm also a, uh, a professor of marketing with Antioch University, uh, where I help inspire my students to build marketing plans and strategies for a topic specifically of their choice. And, um, uh, and for my community, uh, I love to bring laughter in by uh, being a laughter yoga instructor, as well as uh, I'm a traveling improv comedy cast member. So uh, I love bringing laughs to, uh, to 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 people because laughter is a wonderful stress reliever. You you um, you sound like me, man. Like you're you're kind of everything and anything. Uh, you're going through that list, and I'm like, okay, that that wait. There's a different turn. Yep, I love it. I love it. I'm uh, I'm one of those um, multifaceted. And as we develop the plan for what we're doing right now, uh, it gave me an opportunity to explore a bunch of that things and see mm-hmm. what uh, what kind of sticks and what I enjoy. Um, and that's really changing my life is being able to pursue things I enjoy that don't just necessarily line up with um, everything is supposed to line up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, what, what ends up happening a lot of times with our stress is we're engaged in doing stuff that don't align with our personal values. And we're doing it strictly, let's say, for the paycheck. 
And that is not a, you know, yeah, you can, you know, it pays the bills, uh, hopefully, but not much more than that, you know? <laughs> so it, especially when it is totally uh, not aligned. And the reason why is because when we are working on something that doesn't fit with what's mostly most important with us, which is what our personal values are, we don't feel like we're being, uh, you know, ourselves, our true selves. And that is a major stressor. And so it's, it, it, I really encourage people to find what it is that they truly feel like is their calling. And if they can do that, usually the money will follow if you really commit to it. <laughs> Right. Well, yeah, that that is uh, that was kind of the hopes and uh, with that strategy was, you know, you can really pour yourself into things that that you really align with and you enjoy mm -hmm. doing. Um, and the money comes from the effort. Uh, mm -hmm. Not all the time, but, you know, if you got enough interest and enough heart, it will. But it, anyway. it will. And, you know, the other thing, it's not like necessarily where it hits with exactly what you're trying to to um, work on but it's amazing the different individuals that you come in contact with that that's a huge opportunity where somebody you know you what you're working on that you're passionate about let's say and you run into an individual who can open the door to someone else or another company you know so you have to look at it that way it's not just okay uh, I just opened a website and I, you know, how come there's, you know, no business coming through it right away? You can't look at it that way. You have to look at the, you know, the, the, the all the various aspects that you're, you're being able to, to accomplish as you're working on what feels right with your, your personal values. Pete, I, uh, I have a, I was actually talking, I think this morning actually about it on my show that uh so this was recorded actually yesterday if you're listening to this um live <laughs> airing but uh, <laughs> i was talking about how um the most enjoyable thing i'm doing i was telling you i was doing hip camp consulting mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um, kind of helping people get started in it or teaching them how to use the site as a camper but i do a free 30 minute consultation on my website and I do consultations for getting started in cryptocurrency for Bitcoin because uh -huh. I enjoy Bitcoin. I taught myself how uh -huh. to do it. So why not teach uh -huh. others? Uh, hip uh -huh. camp, homesteading, all anything. So I like to talk to anybody for 30 minutes. The most amazing thing for me is when I'm talking to somebody for 30 minutes for, for free, like giving my time. And in the first 10 minutes, I'm already connecting to them with someone I've talked about something else with. And it might not be anything about what they intend to talk to me about. I just want to hear their story and maybe there'll be a connection. Maybe I'll be able to help them or maybe somebody I've talked to can. And I'm more than happy to just facilitate that. And um, so that 30 minutes free on my website, I think, is the most valuable thing to me. And I get nothing monetarily back from it. Yeah. And I, that's wonderful because you realize that there's a higher goal when you're talking to those people. And the right. thing is, is that, uh, you know, I, my, my largest network is on LinkedIn and okay. there's so many people who reach out to me to say, to, to immediately sell me on stuff. 
you know, they connect and that's me. Oh, I do software. I do, you know, uh, lead generation is a really big one, right? Just right. constantly pound. And, and it's like there's zero rapport that's been built there. And I'm yep. thinking to myself, okay, similar to what you said, Brian, about connecting them with somebody else. When they immediately, you know, hit me with the pitch, that uh, probably nine out of 10 times doesn't even align with what I need. It's right. like, okay, so you've just burned your opportunity for me to refer you to somebody else because when we refer someone to somebody else, that's our reputation as well. Right. And so if I, like, if I was to refer you to somebody else and, you know, and it like, let's say you didn't follow up or, or you connected with the person and then didn't show up for the appointment or whatever, or vice versa. Like, right. you know, if I referred somebody to you and, you know, you're expecting, you know, you, you met me and stuff. Okay. He's a good guy. I, you know, and so I'm going to take this call with this other person and the other person doesn't show up on the zoom call, let's say, or something like that. Right. It's like, what the heck? And and then I, you, you can't help but think, yeah, exactly. You can't help well, you but burn think, my time. And, and that's our uh -huh. thing. Like, that is everybody's most valuable resources time. So yes. I need to vet who it's worth talking to. And like That's, you were talking yeah. about the emails in uh, the emails or the messages on LinkedIn, I get those too. Like I, I, I promote on LinkedIn and all that stuff. So I get a lot of, you know, even when I post an affiliate link, somebody's trying to sell me something unrelated to anything I'm doing. And I'm like, yeah, no, cool. I'm good. But filtering those, it takes time. Like you're wasting my time. Yep. So the valuable yep. thing in referrals uh, is... I cut through the bullshit, hopefully, and this is going to be worth my time. I don't have to stress about that half hour, that hour meeting. Right, right. It is so true. And, you know, in addition to, uh, you know, I would say the time is absolutely a critical resource, but I would keep our health as also equal as far as our two most precious assets, yeah. you know, and, 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 um, you know, and, and when we're sitting there and, and we, if we're stressing about our time and then we get somebody who is wasting our time, it's like, OK, so that it, that doesn't align with who we want to be. So, right, you know, it, right. and it's and and people just don't get it. They don't right. get it. I, I just had one yesterday where and I should have known this, you know, he, he didn't have that many followers. And it was nice. I I reach up whenever somebody reaches out to me. And it's somebody I connect with. I give a personalized reply back to them. And this person, you know, never replied back to that. But then all of a sudden does this broadcast message. And it says, dear LinkedIn connections, you know, and it's like, oh, my God. And it <laughs> says, oh, we're running a special on our service. And I'm like going, you know what? I looked at that and it's like, nope. And I disconnected from them. Well, and it, it really it really harms the atmosphere too, um, and the people that are genuinely trying to build a, rep, a, a, a relationship. Excuse me. Right. Um, right. So I I represent uh, some uh, some coffee brands. I, I have a, I I um, am, am in a coffee club, and as part of that, I can I can have custom roasts made for me um, uh, and blends, and then I get uh, commission on the sales of those mm -hmm. particular ones. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. so I approach, you know, he, I have a limit per month I, I can do, uh, he's just a small roaster and it's just like a kind of a side gig and whatever, but you know, a small cafe would, would 
probably roll that, like would fulfill that in a month. And so I, I start to try to approach them, but it's all taken as like gimmicky bullshit. And I'm just looking for a personal relationship that wants a real dude roasting their coffee and personally mailing it to their cafe every month up to like a hundred pounds of coffee a month, you know? Oh yeah. You know, it's more expensive. You're going to have to pay for it. But if you, Mm -hmm. if you're that person, you understand that whole relationship and I'm not trying to sell you on anything. I'm not trying to, to, to blow smoke up your ass. And if you're good with Folgers, I mean, that's cool. But like you, your customers might, might want something the best. Well, and that happens for, for my landscaping business as well, because I remember making a sales call to this one office, they, you know, a, a software company, and the, he, it was a small enough where I was talking with the business owner. And he says to me, why, why would I use your service versus going, at, going to Costco and just picking up some plants, right? And I said, well, if you just want to pick up some plants at Costco, you're not the right customer for us. And because it's you want to have the very best, as you said, the very best plants, and you want to keep those plants looking their very best. And so, you know, that's not Costco. Costco had, might have some nice looking plants, but unless you know how to take care of them and you've got somebody who's right. willing to do that, they're not going to look very good very, uh, you know, fairly quickly after they get into your facility. Well, right. And and you also know conditions. You know that an office mm-hmm. building is a hell of a lot different to raise a plant than on a porch on a, outside your house. Absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. you know that care. You know what cool things you can do, too. Like, you can make things look phenomenal yep. instead of just Costco, you know, some ferns. Like, exactly. why, don't, why don't you buy the plastic shit and be done with it? <laughs> and then, you know, when it gets caked on with the dust, the plastic stuff, which, you know, that's just perfectly fine. You better have oh, somebody dust spray them. Paint it. Spray paint it. <laughs> Every time. And yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, it's yeah. true. It's so true. So I actually appreciate when somebody does do, say that because whenever I'm talking with somebody about a potential business relationship, it's a two-way street. And, you know, and that also has been, there's been times where we've had to fire customers who, you know, let's say we started working with them and, you know, very large companies that we had to have a heart-to-heart talk with them to say, look, you got to realize that there's only, you know, there's a certain expectation from both sides. And so as long as you have the understanding and, and you have that rapport, that works. But when you don't have that rapport and the expectations are not aligning with the reality, then you got issues. Yeah. I mean, our whole, my whole community and everything, we really strive in the, the value for value model. That's, that's mm-hmm. kind of growing in cryptocurrency space and things where it's, uh-huh. it's um, you know, more of a tipping culture on social media or podcasting where there's apps that you can stream small amounts of Bitcoin to a podcaster while you listen because you appreciate their podcast instead of advertising. It's like a direct relationship with the, with the content creator. But it really spills over into the whole everything you interact is value for value. Um, And as a customer or as a as like a business to business relationship like you're talking about or I'm looking for with that coffee customer, that value is in the product, but it's also in the customer service. And it's also in the the relationship I get back from the customer. It's not just the money. 
It's mm-hmm. the, the building that rapport with that customer. I don't want to just have the guy that just sends his text message. Hey, I want a hundred pounds and this is how I want it broke down. I want to know what his feedback is from his customer. So I can give that mm-hmm. to my roaster and say, uh, how do we make this better? And you know, those are the, that's valuable feedback from the customer. So it's not just the money that you get back when you, when you really hone in and, and, and target those higher end relationships. Yeah. And, and making the effort that you're doing there, Brian, it's you're tapping into what is to me the absolute most effective form of marketing, which is word of mouth marketing. When a customer feels like you really are going the, the extra mile to make sure that they're satisfied, guess what? They are way more likely to refer you to somebody else. And when someone refers you to someone else, they have done 75% of the selling. So literally, you just got to come in and you know make sure you meet that expectation that they have from their their uh, their peer or whoever referred. And I you know I did uh, I got my PhD and I uh, back in 2006, and I did it on word of mouth marketing, and it is amazing, absolutely amazing. And the on the flip side, what we have to realize is that if the customer has a certain expectation that we have given them based on our marketing efforts. So whatever we're doing, our advertising, you name it, whatever we're saying, if our follow-up, if our deliverable does not match that expectation, then you run the opportunity that that person might give you a negative referral. And especially if they've had a really bad experience with you, they will. And those are that that those are like torpedoes to your business. If someone else does a little bit of research and says, "Well, I'm thinking," let's say, let's go back to the coffee, thinking about, you know, getting this coffee, and then somebody says, "Oh, that coffee sucked." You know, it's like it's like, ooh. Well, that, well, that here, here's the yeah. I I mean, here's here's a prime example of that. So we were traveling back. I mean, this is real time example. It was three days ago, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. We were in the middle of Kansas. We st- stopped at this hip camp and there was a new brewery in town. Like mm-hmm. it was what was in town. Like there was a gas station and a new brewery and it was called the center pivot brewery for the center pivot uh, irrigation systems. I mean, we were farm country, man. Mm-hmm. And so I go into the place uh, on a recommendation from the hip camp owner. I like to drink some beer. Um, it was the only place to get beer in town. So it went in and they sold to go um what they brewed there and so i ended up talking to the owner he was there was i mean like small place and not that busy at the time and he recommended these two beers and i was excited to try them and like promote this guy because i mean my podcast is small i don't have a whole lot of listeners in kansas anyway Mm -hmm. but you know whatever maybe he gets some web traffic or something and so or even uh, just uh, just even one person even one person might come in yeah And so we grabbed some of the cans of the stuff he recommended and my wife and I tried it. He didn't flush his fucking lines. It was, it tasted like cherry line sanitizer. I was a bartender for a decade. I recognized the taste. I, I, I knew it in the back of my head. My wife called it out as cherry color septic. And I was like, yeah, I kind of, I get that in the aftertaste. The, the, The beer was good, but the aftertaste had the sanitizer. 
And so I, uh, I, I talked about it on my show the next day. And one of the guys that I know was like, yeah, it's, that's what it is. It's line cleaner. And I was like, man, I can't tell anybody to go to this fucking place at this point. Like I can't, mm-hmm. I don't want to trash the guy because I know it was probably a mistake or I probably know he was trying to cut cost on, on slugs running through the lines after he sanitized the line. Mm-hmm. He's got to change it. He doesn't want to waste product. Just, blowing it through the lines i get it i was a bartender i understand um so i don't trash the guy but man you ruined my experience and the shit was kind of expensive <laughs> yep and you're not, and he lost any referral that you would have given so yeah. you know that's it's the thing so you know well i'm hesitating what, putting his cool sticker even on my sticker collection like oh wow that only you see well, I mean, it's public. I mean, like, I have okay. it on on me out in public, and it's on my okay. like. I have a bunch of my water bottles. And yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I yeah, just collect stickers as we're traveling. Yeah, yeah. Well, but again, because yeah, if you like that bottle you held up, if somebody said, "Oh, what was that uh, sticker?" and it's like, "Okay, I want to check that out," and then they get the chloroseptic taste, it's like, "What was he thinking?" <laughs> right. and, and 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 you lose credibility. That's the right. issue. You know, so it, yeah. it, 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 it's so important for us to, you know, that that I, I remember um, years and years ago, there was a, a marketing guy for Kodak. You remember a big film company back then? I don't, and I assume Kodak is still around, um, but you never hear about them anymore. But um, he said that uh, the brand is a promise delivered. And, you know, it's so important to think about that. So as a small business owner, what are you, what expectation are you setting for the customer and are you meeting and hopefully exceeding that expectation? Because that is your promise delivered. Right, right, right. And then any, any verification of that is just multiplier on top. So any referral. And that's, I mean, so I stayed at um, the hip camp of the year in South Dakota on our trip and talked mm-hmm. to the guy. Um, fantastic guy. Fantastic camp. And it's it's blatantly obvious why he is one of the top ones in the country. He's like was sixth in the country a couple of years ago or something. Uh, but his reputation is all built on referrals and the reviews on the site. He's got over 500 five-star reviews exclaiming how great he is and he is and so he puts it out there i vouch for him a hundred percent but there's 500 people that you can go and read their experiences of a stellar experience and so that just multiplies his effect and it just it's like a it's exponential yep yep it really does and you know it doesn't happen overnight it takes it takes work but it's interesting because you know, so many of our competitors don't make that effort. They they right. do minimal effort. And then, you know, so you have the opportunity. I read a book once called The Slight Edge and uh, by uh, Jeff Olson. Have you read it? I have not. I, I like okay. the name. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's Slight Edge. And what he said, is the, the, the primary learning in the book, there's several, but the primary learning in the book is just focus on doing anywhere from one to five percent more than your competitor one to five percent we're not talking ten percent twenty percent fifty percent we're not talking about that one to five percent 
that is your differentiator and it'll pay right. off. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's, um, and, and as you look around and that's, that's so I look around at society and I don't like, that's why I try, I choose to kind of skirt the edges of everything in normal mm -hmm. cultures. Um, but I look at the quality decline um, and especially if coming from a background in customer service, uh -huh. the, the quality decline in customer service. Um, uh -huh. It's actually getting better now that they're using computers instead. Like I have to, and that's scary to admit that the, the level of customer service you get remotely at least is getting better since AI is taking over. <laughs> Like, mm -hmm. how bad is yeah. that? Like a human, a human interacting with you can't solve your problems better than the computer that's doing it instantaneously. It's like, <laughs> but yeah. if you look around at that and you can offer just a little bit of customer service, I, I literally am compelled to leave reviews at random like tractor supply stores that mm -hmm. I get good customer service at because it's so... Yep few and far between that somebody is actually giving a shit enough in the world today to give you good customer service. And it's like, I want to reward that. Like we had a, a, a value for value I mentioned earlier. Um, we had the discussion on tipping and who you tip. And I'm like, I wish I had a mechanism to tip the girl that helped me find my dog food at a different store by taking out her cell phone, looking up the number and calling a different store to see if it was there. Like mm -hmm. I wanted to give her a tip, but I didn't have any mechanism to do that. Mm -hmm. It's true. And, you know, when, when you have it, 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 we shouldn't take it for granted because when you've had an exceptional, that's the, that's the word I like to use with customer service, exceptional. So what is it? It's above expectation. And they go to the tr trouble of helping you because they're sincere about it. You know, it, it was interesting. So I was uh, at a Hallmark store uh, two weeks ago and it was the, you know, the uh, ornament premiere thing. And I've I've ordered a couple ornaments every year from Hallmark because the, uh, I, I like the ones that are nostalgic for my my from my childhood. And so I think, right. OK, these are kind of cute. Well, uh, Hallmark a couple of years ago said uh instead of having to go into the store and manually fill out the wish list um because it's the closest store to me is about a 45 minute drive they you could do it online and they'll automatically send it to the store so that it's ready for pickup uh on the premiere weekend so oh, no. i thought great that's that that makes it convenient i'm still giving the store the the uh the business um right. And uh, that works for me. Well, uh, last year it worked just fine. This year, I thought it was kind of strange. I had, I had done it, I don't know, two, three weeks ahead of time. Didn't get a phone call saying, uh, all right, just reminding you to come and pick up the, the ornaments. So I thought, okay, I'm going to make a special trip over there. Going to go in. They, had, they didn't have it. They didn't have it. And so one associate says, you know, says, oh, I'll... Uh, I'll go go back into the back room and see if we can find your order somewhere there. And she, you know, she she did this. Her eyes rolled, and um, you know, you could tell her attitude, right? And she right. she then starts talking to another customer and never goes into the back to check. <laughs> and so there I go looking on 
on the shelf to see if I can find. I can find one of the two that I was looking for. The other one is sold out. But a um, another associate came over and said, I'm so sorry that that happened. Let me let's go ahead and fill out the manual form and we'll do we'll put you number one on the list if we get some more of those in the store. Right. And just having a little bit of em empathy made all the difference in the world. So what I did was I went went on Hallmark.com and sent a complaint in, but said, you know, and mentioned about the one first associate, but then right. said another associate did try to help me. So I wanted to make sure that they knew one associate was, you know, was more toxic and the other one was actually there to, 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 to help. And it wasn't, you know, I came near the end of the day, so they weren't jam packed with people. So well, it wasn't like you know, you know, the standard anymore is that you show up and you're breathing basically mm -hmm. in, right. uh, in that in retail. Because they can't right. get any find anybody to show up for work, so uh, it sets the bar pretty low. But anyway, <laughs> Pete, I uh, I want to talk to you about stress. Um, sure. You don't seem like a, we just talked for half an hour. You don't seem like a pretty very stressed out kind of guy. Um, was that always the case? Oh no, no. It's uh, you know I'm a wholly totally different person now, and and not to say that I don't get stressed, but I know how to handle it a lot better than I used to. I mean. I had, I mean, stress, stress and me have had a lifelong relationship uh, that, you know, growing up in an extremely dysfunctional family, basically I had to deal with it, but I didn't know how. So I, I dealt with it in ways where basically uh, I internalized most of it and that continued as an adult. Um, and the first huge uh, experience I had with it was in 2008 because uh, I experienced a perfect storm of stressful activities, including my dad dying and he didn't ha have anything for his affairs taken care of. Um, my mom had to have major uh, hip surgery but didn't have insurance to help her with the physical therapy afterwards. Uh, I was running my small business with uh, uh, 12 employees that were constantly wanting my attention. My kids were small at that point and wanted my attention. And oh, by the way, um, I, my, on my shoulders and my body was giving me all these signals about that I was overly stressing myself. And things like at, at one point I remember being in the hospice where my dad was, my back had locked up. I could not sit. I could not stand in any comfort. The only thing I could do is on that tile floor at hospice, I could lie on the floor flat and talk to him. And right. that was the only comfort I had. And things, there were so many different things that my body was giving me these warning signals about. Well, what did I do? I kept on ignoring it, ignoring it. And then all of a sudden, uh, about, uh, it was, it was, yeah, a couple months after he passed and I started losing weight and I thought to myself at first, this was awesome because <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't doing any special exercise. Um, I wasn't, it definitely wasn't dieting and the pounds were coming off and I'm thinking, wow, I haven't lost weight since my early twenties. This is great. I'm in my <laughs> mid forties. 
And then after uh, I lost 30 pounds in 30 days, I thought, mm, I better have this checked out. And, right. uh, you know, I was worried that I had some sort of some sort of cancer or something that uh, was going on. And so uh, the blood work came back. And guess what? Oh, I've got stress-induced diabetes. And um, so <laughs> as a, but get this. So nobody in my family had diabetes. So it was like, wow. And everybody's looking at me and going, you can't be because, uh, you, you know, you, you, you exercise and you're, you're in shape and blah, blah, blah. And I said, I don't know. And then I, classic type A personality, I said, okay, fine. Give me the drugs because I don't have time to deal with this. Right. And so what did I do as a classic entrepreneur? I kept burning the candle at both ends for another 10 years. And then I end up in the emergency room and an extended stay in ICU with what's called diabetic ketoacidosis. And for your listeners who don't know what that is, basically, my body was eating itself alive because of my stress. That's oh. crazy. And here's, but this is the part how I was wired. So at that, uh, at this point, I had gone back to corporate because, and because I had got a business partner uh, to run the day-to-day -day stuff uh, with the landscaping business, and an old boss had had recruited me to come back to work for him, and yet he had left uh, probably two months before this incident in the ICU. And the new boss that I had was this uh, micromanager who didn't trust any of her employees. And I kid you not, my second day in ICU, and she knew I was in ICU, <laughs> she sends me a text at about 6 a.m. And it says, you have a webinar you need to run at 8 o'clock. What are you going to do about it? And I'm looking at this and, you know, so exactly, you know, if some, you know, the smart person would have said, you know, give him the finger. Right. But no, here I am. I say, oh, I got to do something about this. So there I am with my phone because I didn't have my work laptop in the ICU. So I'm right. sitting there trying to reschedule this webinar, pushing the envelope of my phone back then. And the nurse uh, that was on on call for me at that point, they, they, they were basically checking my blood sugars every half an hour to an hour. So you never get any sleep in a hospital. Uh, so she came over and as I'm sitting there trying to reschedule that webinar, she checks my blood. And when I was first uh, admitted to ICU, my blood sugars were so high that the medical grade uh, glucometers could not read it. They had to manually estimate it in the lab. And it was eight to 10 times higher than normal. Well, now that I had been in the hospital for a couple of days, it came down and it was still fairly high, but at least it had stabilized and they could read the numbers. Well, all of a sudden, as I'm sitting there doing this and, and, uh, she comes and checks my blood like a 90 degree angle. It skyrocketed right back up. And she says to me, as a matter of fact, you know, complete stranger, basically, she says, you realize that's what put you in this hospital bed in the first place. And that was like the epiphany moment where I thought to myself, oh, my gosh, 
I am trading my health for my career, and that's a really bad trade. So, right. yeah, and I thought about it. And so for the rest of that day and the next day that I was in ICU, I got out a couple of days later, I just sat there and I just had thought and thought and thought. I thought about the financial aspects of it, uh, what I could do to, uh, you know, how, how would I deal with this? And I realized I, 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 I've got to, for the first time in my life, I've got to focus on my health. And so I get out of the ICU. I resign from, from that company. And I went ahead and started focusing on myself, just figuring out all these different types of stress relief that I could, I could find. And what I noticed was that, you know, the, when I started applying all these different techniques, you know, most of them worked somewhat, uh, or great. Some of them didn't work. You know, it's, you know, what, what might work for you, Brian may not work for me and vice versa. Right. But what I found was that as I focused on the ones that worked for me, not only did my stress go down, but my glucose numbers as a diabetic went down, my weight went down, and my energy level went way, way up. It was as if I had discovered the fountain of youth. And here is the absolute craziest thing about this. So when I was diagnosed with stress-induced diabetes back in 2008, if you saw a picture of me from back then, and you look at, a picture, look at me now, other than a little bit more gray hair, I look younger than I did 15 years ago. And that's what stress does to it. it. It ages us. It ages us. And it's not worth it. It's not worth it. And luckily, we, you know, I have to deal with my um, stress uh, and my, my diabetes for the rest of my life. It's a chronic disease. But I was able to get back the rest of my health. And that I'm very grateful for because had I just said, okay, fine, get, get out of the hospital and just keep on doing the same thing over and over again, I might not be alive today. Well, probably not. It would have been one thing or another, um, yep. whether, it, whether it was your glucose or your heart or mm -hmm. something, something was not going to jive well with that much, that much um, stress, like actually totally. not, not stresses we've been talking about, but just, um, yeah, stress. <laughs> oh, it, it was. And I mean, it, 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 what happens is our bodies keep raising the bar that gives you the warning. If you don't respond to it in a certain amount of time, it has to raise it up, raise it up, raise it up. So mine, it was the, uh, my pancreas that shut down. And that was okay. the weakest link in my, my chain. But right. the other thing was, is that I wasn't, you know, I wasn't dealing with it. So my pancreas had shut down what being diagnosed with diabetes. But guess what? I didn't do anything about that. I just kept on just taking the artificial insulin and, and, and stressing myself out and stressing myself. So the body says, no, that's not good enough. You got, you know, I mean, so it's, it's just like, it's like being addicted to donuts. It's, it's the, yeah. it, it's the same, same thing. You know, that that's why you're gaining weight. You know, that's why your blood sugar is out of whack, but I love those donuts. I mean, you crave, you crave, I don't know if you craved it, but it was what you, it was what you were known. That's what you knew to do. Yes. Um, yep. Yeah, so. it is. It's true. Cause uh, you know, it, and because as a, you know, in my formative, formidable years as a child, cause the dysfunction 
was there pretty much. My, my, my parents combined had nine marriages, seven divorces, and one widowing. So there was constant ridiculousness wow. going on. And um, so, you know, my formidable years, you know, they say that our formidable years are, you know, roughly from, you know, age three to age seven. And right. all I knew was dysfunction. And so, you know, so how, so I, you know, that's what I know. That's what feels comfortable, you know, and it's right. just, it's it, so it just, but the stress level on that just kept on getting higher and higher because all I knew what to do was to push, 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 push. And amp try it up and more when you don't get that, when you don't get that fix, you have to amp it up more. And even though you, Absolutely. It, it, so, it sounds like you, it sounds like you were addicted. It was an addiction that you just didn't know it. You didn't want it. Um, it wasn't something that you were seeking. It was um, in your subconscious. It was just kind of like craving that. Uh, yeah. I, I yeah. know people that just can't, they can't not be fighting or having that stress in their lives. And I, uh, once I escaped um, kind of some of those relationships in my life, I was I was like amazed that, oh, my God, like people don't always have to be fighting or arguing or picking a fight. If everything's good and no one's picking a fight, like something's wrong uh, situations. Yeah. Uh, but you were talking about the warning signs. I carry a lot of stuff in my shoulders. And uh, when my wife actually um, started doing uh, grounding and barefoot and living mm -hmm, barefoot mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. she went to she went to pretty much complete barefoot we've been in some places where we really couldn't uh recently so we've kind of got off that bandwagon but with the reflexology in your feet i can feel the stress popping out of my shoulders as i walk mm -hmm. like on gravel um, mm -hmm. a lot mm -hmm. of the a lot of the things that you, you see the reflexology charts on the bottom of your feet and as I'm walking on the gravel, I can literally feel tingling in those areas. And I'm like, okay, this isn't bullshit. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, I have physical reactions that are supposed to from the documentation. Like this yeah. is matching up. I'm feeling exactly what they're saying. But uh, I'll get very, very relaxed and then something will happen. One of those triggers, um, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. But I can feel physically my shoulders just like come yep. tight again and i can go back outside and walk on those rocks and feel it release again it's it's uh it's pretty crazy and i don't know why i don't do it more once i realized i could um there isn't enough time mm -hmm. you know <laughs> mm -hmm. it's true and you know that 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 grounding through earthing i mean is a wonderful technique and for maybe for some of the listeners who go oh uh, gravel i'm too heavy my feet are gonna hurt do it on grass or sand or dirt. You know, it, it's it's just yeah, connecting with the earth. It. Oh, yeah, oh, exactly. I used to be, used to be a, a little girl about it and walk down the grass down the side of the road. My wife's like walking. We had a gravel road on our property in Minnesota, uh -huh. and she'd be like pouncing around down the gravel road, and I'm like tiptoeing in the grass on the side. <laughs> Eventually, I was like, just I'm like walking. I'll we stepped on uh, you know the little pricker things in your yard um we were walking through and i was like oh shit there's one of those and i looked down i was actually standing on one and i have enough built up on the bottom of my feet i didn't even know i was standing on. i was like well that's one less thing i have to worry about <laughs> <laughs> it's true you do have to build up because my wife is the same way she can she can walk through the rocks and 
she likes to do barefoot through like streams when we're hiking and stuff. And, and for me, I'm the one that's with the poles and trying to, you know, keep my boots on and go on the rocks and stuff to, 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 to avoid that. But if it, it, but I do love having being barefoot in the grass or barefoot in the sand. I mean, it's just, it, it, there's just some, something to connect. And even if uh, you don't have, you know, that available to you, let's say during the work day and you feel that, the, the stress in your shoulders that in our shoulders and our back is so common. And it's usually one of the most early signs of us being stressed because many of us, if not most of us will sit at a desk doing our work. And when we're stressed, we tend to hunch down and that is not a lot keeping our spine properly aligned. So of course that's where the muscles are going to start getting tense and try, the body's trying to compensate for that. So even if let's say you're working downtown at a, you know, or, uh, you know, you're living in an apartment building that's not close to a park, even if you can go for a short walk around the block or something to get some fresh air and to try and clear your mind. And I always recommend don't go walk out with your phone because yeah. what ends up happening is, you know, our society today and sadly so many of the kids growing up now, it's all about the phone. And, you know, we've all been in like, let's say a restaurant where you look at and there's somebody eating at a restaurant you know, two, three, four, five people, and they're all on their phones. They're not interacting at all. And I think to myself, why are you even eating here? Why don't you just get takeout and go back where, you know, and because you're not interacting. And especially uh, now that, you know, we've come through COVID, I really appreciate being in a restaurant now. I didn't right. before, you know, and, and when, and so that, that was one positive that I got was that, you know, I have an appreciation for being in the environment of a restaurant now. So what, um, what my wife and I have the agreement that our phones stay, stay, uh, either in our, in our pockets, in our purse, whatever, and they don't come out during, uh, dinner. And so that is what is so important because when you can put aside our, you know, our electronic leash, which is our phones, it's amazing how much better the co conversation can go. It really, really is important. Yeah, we, we, uh, I've, I've tried to make a conscious effort um, to do that. I, I am one of those that is always, when, when you are building in social media and running accounts like that, it's not a, it's not a, a eight to five job or a, you know, it's mm -hmm. not a six mm -hmm. to three job. Um, so I try to front load that as much as I can into the day and then spend the evenings with my wife and then she goes to bed early. And so I can do a little bit more before bed, but try to mm -hmm. have that quality time with her if I can't accomplish it all during the day which I'm right. trying to fit it into accomplishing it. And with a lot of the technology out there, it's getting easier to do things outside of hours, but do it inside of hours mm -hmm. with uh, mm -hmm. scheduling and things like that. But right. that time without the phone is fantastic. We've um, our one of our home bases we've had in Tennessee. Um, we have Verizon and the coverage there is AT&T. So once we leave our bubble of the camper with Wi-Fi calling, um, a lot of times we won't have service in the places we're at. 
uh, very inconvenient because I can remotely look in my camper to see if my dogs are okay and the temperature is okay. But if I don't have service on my phone, I don't need to take it out. Mm -hmm. like, no Absolutely. Service. So mm -hmm. there's, there's two or three restaurants we go to that there's no service. Um, so there isn't any even reason to take it out. And it's, it's very eye-opening um, how much we gravitate to going towards that. Oh, that's it, it's wonderful that that's happening because it, it you know it, it actually is a detox and it's so helpful for us because you know the the reality is we're not programmed to sit on our phones all day and you know and you and I were talking a bit uh, well about we are it. programmed to we're not supposed to be <laughs> yeah well yes that's actually that's the right wording for it and you know it's it's ridiculous how um, you know we we just the when when you respond to a text or an email uh, or some sort of prompt from social media on your phone when there's somebody sitting right in front of you, what are you telling that other person? That yeah. whatever is on your phone is more important than that person. Yeah, I, I realize that and then I forget it. And then it takes my wife like kicking me in the balls with it and saying <laughs> to my face. And then I remember it for quite a while and then I get caught up again it's yep. it's just a, yep. it's a cycle um that i work on and i'm improving i hope uh but uh yeah it's definitely a goal and seeing the results of it helps do it more like yes seeing, that... seeing unplugging for even a couple of hours in the evening even if i have to go back to it um mm -hmm. the way i feel overall is better we um we went but there is an anxiety there for me um, so we were, we've been on this trip and I tried to pre-plan everything. I did as much ahead in June so that basically July was on autopilot and all I had to do was get mm -hmm. up and do my show every Monday through Friday for an hour mm -hmm. in the morning and do an hour after work. So two hours mm -hmm. a day mm -hmm. when I wasn't working and monitoring things and following up with things for at least part of the day, I was actually anxious um, and I got a day that I got to work. Um, my wife and we, for some reason I couldn't leave. I had to stay with the dogs and I did like four hours worth of work and all my stress melted away. It was, it was the <laughs> oddest thing in the world, but it was like, I, I, uh, I built this constant contact model and when you unplug from it, it's very, it's very, it causes some issues. Yeah, it does. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I used to, when the, my kids were smaller and, you know, the cell phones were becoming so, you know, popular with the kids. Um, what I did was I always planned a week in the summertime where we would go to a campsite where I knew there wasn't any signal. Nice. And the thing was, is that, you know, the kids would just get, oh, what do we, we, you know, we want to play our game. Like I remember one of their things that they loved was um, some, uh, some game that Disney had where uh, they, you know, they, 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 they would be able to um, uh, go through these different locations that, you know, uh, a, a, a totally, totally weird kind of kind of environment but they were meeting different people and and the 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 game would prompt them on a daily basis and oh, so okay. at home you know they as long as they got their homework done they could play it for a half an hour well when we were in the camp 
you could not play it. And so they, you know, so that I remember that first night they go, but dad, we, we, we're, we're not going to be able to do this. And I said, it's okay. The world won't end. And <laughs> it was actually good for me too. The world won't end. And guess what? Right. The next morning, the world didn't end. And we were able to just play normal campfire games. I mean, Uno became popular game number one, right? I mean, as stupid as that is, it's so fun, and you don't need a web connection to play it. Pete, you uh, you just gave me a fantastic um, sell for a lot of the sites that I plan to work on. So um, just selling that as a, a benefit to a, a parent just at their wits end. Well, the problem is, here's the, the problem. Uh, the electronics are babysitters. Yes. Uh, that, that's what it's turned into. Uh, that's yes. what they know. And if you aren't prepared to entertain them while you're there, it's not going to be good. But mm -hmm. if you go in with that intention that I want to spend this time with them, with their attention and their focus, uh, maybe it can break some habits. But that the adult needs to realize that it's not going to be like what it is when you have that electronic babysitter either. Absolutely. You know, and it's interesting too, there's been a couple things that I've always recommended to parents being a parent myself that really do work. One is you have, when it comes to the meal, let's say dinner in particular, because breakfast is a little bit harder because you're stressed with the, the day to start, you know, getting the kids to school, getting to work, et cetera. That's a little more stressful, but in the evening, having the no phone rule. So, you know, the phones go in the basket, turned off, whatever, so that there's that evening where the, the dinner where you're going to be talking with the kids. And there's different uh, cards. If you, if you have trouble kind of, you know, with kids a lot of times, especially the teenagers, you know, you'll say, so how was your day? Fine. You know, the one word answers, right? So uh, there's cards that you can actually ask them something different mm. and so and get them to respond more so that's you know that's one area that's that works really well the other one is uh especially if they're younger is they can earn points or some sort of credits for electronic time and okay. so and you keep track of that for a week. It worked wonderful for my kids. You keep track of it if they do their homework on time and you show them the homework. If they do a chore, uh, do whatever. Value whatever. value. In, in you got of, it. Instead of, uh, instead of an allowance of monetary value, it's their electronic time. It's and, their electronic I mean, you time. Even, you could even uh, give them the option to cash out their electronic time for monetary value. Yes, um, yes. And really show them the value of that concept. What That's a fantastic model to teach kids what the cost of being on their phone is. Yes. And if they are, um, if they do something where they, you know, they don't do their homework or they don't do a chore, guess what? That's taken off of their balance. Right. So that really does work. And then, you know, you say, okay, so at the end of the week, they've gained a couple of hours. Okay. Let them, you know, be, let them have those two hours. But what I had to do, especially with my, uh, my youngest boy, I had to remind him that, okay, you know, let's say he had two hours. I'd give him after an hour, I'd say, okay, you got an hour left. 
you got a half an hour left. You got 15 minutes left. And so, you know, he couldn't say, oh, you didn't I tell didn't me, know. you didn't warn me. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so that's you know, the big just, timer, that big digital timer sitting on the TV or on the phone works great. It does. But, it you does. know, the, the technique I heard people use a lot was changing the Wi-Fi password and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's, a, mm-hmm. it's an automatic on off. And if you have a yes. device you need to use it on, you know the password. You send it to your wife. You send it to the older kids that don't right. have to play with the rules or... You know, changing passwords is a very great thing. And it also inspires hacking um, because those kids are going to get old enough that they're going to learn how to hack that password. And uh, so it inspires creativity and entrepreneurship and, uh, and all sorts of things. Absolutely. You, know, you, put I, the, you put walls around the right kid and he's going to figure out how to make a ladder out of whatever he's got. Oh, absolutely. Because that's what we are as humans. We figure out ways around it. <laughs> well, I was thinking as you were talking about the uh, you're talking about the um, allowance for electronic time, I was like, OK, as I if I was a kid, I would have been like, all right, well, I'm going to get as much electronic time as I can. And I'm going to build a system to make me money to let me buy electronic time. And it's just going to pay me to get my my time back. And then I don't have to do my chores. I'll just buy it anyway, because dad set the price. He didn't say that I had to earn it by doing chores. He just said I had to buy my time. (laughs) It's actually very, very true. I mean, it happens. I mean, uh, I remember in high school, uh, I purposely was able to um, uh, perfectly write in my mom's cursive signature. And so guess what I would do? I would write notes of why I wasn't in class. <laughs> well, and I would my, just, name, you know. <laughs> my name's Brian. My dad's name's William, but he signed it B for Bill. I I may have signed things in my own name. I never forged anybody's signature. I just signed it, uh, my initial and my last name. So whatever you oh, think there. I did, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't say I I didn't do that as in high school, but it was it, I. It, no, it was nobody funny. asked. Nobody asked. Exactly, and I remember at one point, um, uh, I was turning because you'd have to turn the letter in, and somebody would look at it uh, at the <laughs> you know in the office. And I remember she said something like, "I the 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 letter I wrote um, didn't have the right date on it, or something like that." And uh, and I said accidentally, I said. I didn't put the right instead of she didn't put the right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So, Hey, I got a couple minutes left here. You got any quick hitter uh, stress relief? I know you said uh, putting the phone away during dinner. will kind of detach yep. you, detox you a little bit. Um, if you got a couple quick hitters, we'll do that. And then maybe uh, wrap up here. Yeah, perfect. Okay, so there's one that I always recommend to people, with the exception of if you're driving a moving vehicle, you know, a car, motorcycle, bike, you know, put it on pause right now, pull over, or whenever you're stopped, then you can do it. But it's called visualization, and it just takes a minute, so I'll I'll walk you through this. So what you do is you close your eyes, and you take a deep breath in, And I want you to go in your mind to a place you like to relax. Call it your happy place. So it might be the beach, might be a park, it might be a lake, it might be your backyard, it might be the spa, it might be your favorite recliner. Wherever it is, go there now 
and take in all of your senses. So what do you feel? Do you feel the wind on your face? Maybe you feel the grass or the sand under your feet. And what do you smell? Do you smell the fresh air? Maybe the lotion from the spa? Maybe you made yourself some popcorn to sit in your recliner. And what do you hear? Do you hear the wind blowing through the trees? Maybe the water splashing on shore? And what do you see? Do you see the blue sky? Maybe the green of the trees or the grass? Whatever it is, take it all in and then take another deep breath in. And open your eyes. Simple visualization exercise that we can do pretty much anywhere as long as we're not behind the wheel of a of a moving vehicle. Yeah, when you when you started giving warnings about driving, I thought you were going to be like, "Now take the lewds and wait forty eight minutes." <laughs> You'll be yeah, completely that... relaxed. <laughs> yes, you could do that too, but uh... I, like, I like the visualization. Is there's a lot less jail time and a lot less risk. Exactly. And it, and it really, it can work for any particular situation. Um, you know, let's say you have to have a difficult conversation with somebody right before you make that call, you know, just do a simple grounding. It's, it's basically all you have to do. And it, it just be, basically uh, lowers your blood pressure and it gets you into a little bit more calm frame of mind. And it really does work. Um, and the reason I say to connect with your senses is because when you connect with your senses and you have that real imagination, then it becomes real in your mind. And it allows your body to relax because our brains have so much power over our bodies. And that's how you get it to connect. Yeah, I, I was taught a long time ago a technique where you, you sit in a chair, very much like visualization, but not in an actual area. But you actually visualize um, your breath coming through the bottom of your feet mm -hmm. and then exhaling the warm positive stuff coming in the bottom and exhaling out all the shit that you got inside mm -hmm. uh, same mm -hmm. sort of visualization but once you start visualizing it you can um the person that that taught it to me always referred to it as like the warmth of the earth coming through your feet um, you can actually feel your feet start to warm up um in shoes on the ground on the carpet whatever uh you as the more you visualize that you can like almost feel that uh movement and that warmth so it's very it's, it's really powerful to um let your brain kind of tell your body what what's going on yeah exactly in a positive way i mean i i you know i i always when when talking about that technique what came to my mind was the green mile and when uh, I, f I forget was the name John, the 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 guy who was in prison, but he yeah, didn't yeah, yeah. do it. And you remember how he could grab somebody, and he would suck out the crud, and then and it would just spray out, and it was like you know wasps yep. or something like that that was coming. Out. I mean, uh, so as you're describing that, that's exactly it. You could imagine that you're taking that positive uh, from the earth because we need to connect with our with the earth, and be able to get rid of whatever the toxins are that are inside our body. All right. All right.
for sure. For sure. Hey, Pete, um, we're up over an hour. I asked for an hour and uh, you've been very gracious. It's a great conversation. I've enjoyed it. It's kind of gone everywhere and I love it because of your introduction and how much we clicked. I was like, all right, well, this is going to go where it's going to go. And uh, I think I think anybody listening to this could walk away with 100 different pointers, topics and takeaways. Um, how about you take a couple minutes, uh, let people know where they can find more about you. I mean, I don't think there's one um, there's one topic that people could search out, but uh, where can people find out more, where to work with you, how to find you? And then uh, I always like to give guests uh, free reign for a minute to uh, to leave the audience with whatever they want. So take it away, Pete. It's your show until you're done with it. And then we'll uh, we'll say uh, goodbye and end the show. Perfect. Well, thank you, Brian. Uh, you know, and I want to also thank uh, your your listeners for for their attention too. Uh, the best way to find me is probably on LinkedIn. Uh, that that I'm very active there, as well as YouTube. So uh, I have a lot of different uh, techniques that I've I've shared, uh, including visualization and uh, several others. Detox from technology. So you know, if you go in there and subscribe to my channel, Professor Pete, Professor Pete Alexander, uh, pretty, I really appreciate that. Uh, and I also have uh, the Amazon book with if you prefer to read it as opposed to watching a video. So that uh, that works as well. And what I'd like to leave. Uh, uh, listeners with is something we talked about earlier, which is don't trade your health for your career, because that's a really bad trade. Take it from me. Yeah. Yeah. Pete, that's, that's great. I, uh, I will get those links in the video notes and the audio notes for uh, your LinkedIn, your YouTube, your Amazon book and everything. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on. I hope people took a lot away from this, not just the stress stuff. Uh, it was great chat. I really appreciate you coming on. And if you hang out, I'm going to drop you off here and uh, we'll chat for a second after I close up. Perfect, Brian. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Pete. All right, Professor Pete, what a great conversation. I didn't, uh, I was hoping, well, not hoping, I was thinking we were going to talk stress and we talked all sorts of stuff when that's just, uh, that's the perfect conversation for this show. And I, I love it when I can bring people on and we talk about more than just the set topic. So I appreciate Pete coming on. Check those links out in the video description and the audio description and be sure to check out his stuff and subscribe. Uh, this has been another episode of Lots to Talk About. Like I said, Monday, we'll be back to live. We will be uh, covering what we did on our trip, uh, the ups, the downs, the accomplishments, and uh, what we learned going forward. So I appreciate you listening, and we will talk to you next time.